And we're back, man. Episode 48 of the pod. Welcome back. Dude, I want to get right into it with some shit. <laughs> my wife showed me... Not showed me, but my wife gets into these um, these shows. I guess they're dating shows or they're like, quote, like love shows. And, dude, she told me about this one that she's watching. It's with Nicholas Shea and his wife, I guess. And the whole concept based on this is... Um, the couples come in and they're they're on the like they're couples who have been together for a while and either I, I'm assuming this is so shit to assume that the women want the marriage but I'm gonna assume that the because uh, I'm never gonna watch a fucking a minute of this show and so I guess they want a commitment of marriage and the guys are like well you know because that dude that's that's us like as guys we're always like we think like we think we could like it's just like that movie hall pass like because they're married they think oh i can't get girls because i'm married but it's like no you couldn't get girls period because it's just not you you're out of touch you're like i I, i'm not gonna say all guys but most guys think if i wasn't this or that i could be getting a lot more women which isn't true because he never had game because if he had game he wouldn't be tied down you'd be with a bunch of women tied down you know what i mean so you know we're She's telling me about the show, and it's Nick Lachey and his wife, and like I don't know how this dude stays in in show business, but he but he is, and he's there. And the show is called The Ultimatum, where these couples come in, and they want to be married in some way or some sort of commitment, and they're brought in, and then so say there's like I guess eight couples for like. The, the men and the women of these couples break off and get mixed and matched with other couples and they have to live with or like be with each other for like three weeks and then decide if they want to continue their relationship and like marry this person or be with this next person. Now that all seems so fucking messy to me because one, imagine that the girl was like, no, this is not what I want. It's definitely... I definitely want to marry the, the the guy I'm with, and the guy's like, "Oh, this is great! A new woman! Like, all right! Like, I'm. I mean, you know, I just knew I wasn't committed. Here I go! Like, how fucking? But you know what? In a way, you did that to yourself, right? You shot yourself in your foot because you're gonna like, <laughs> you're gonna tempt whether it's your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You're gonna tempt them with another person, like somebody new, you know, like. I don't know, dude, these shows are so fucking out of pocket. It's so crazy what they have to do for people to just to, like, be together or, like, fall in love again. It's insane. Like, and I know I talked about this on a pod before where I was like, this love advice shit. Like, have we not figured it out? Which, okay, I guess we haven't. But sometimes, you know, some of the shit's obvious. Like, he doesn't have a job. He plays video games all day. Like, I'm supporting us. And it's like, what? Just leave the guy. What do you... What are you doing? Is being lonely that much more scarier than like being with this loser? You know, and vice versa for the for the guy. If the girl's you know not doing anything, like you know, what does she bring to the table? It's like it's a give and take, man. And like so, <clears throat> like there was a that other show Netflix. Of course, it was on Netflix. It was the was it i i want to say this is not the right title but honestly it's such bullshit it could be called like sexy beasts or something where they dress them up in full makeup to look like some sort of animal they got to date each other on the on the basis of their personality and who they are and if they like the person then they like oh let me take off this dolphin mask and this is who i am or you know i know i'm a cockatoo but would you just want a cock or one you know (laughs) that was a dumbass joke take it back reverse that i said that Anyways, um, so yeah, this show, she told me about it this morning on my way out, and I was like, Jesus, dude, like, just break up, like, what do you mean, like, okay, this person doesn't want to marry you, like, it's so crazy how we can't be real with each other, like, and I get it, because I was there before, you know, it's this idea of, like, you can't, you just, you don't want to hurt another person, or whatever, but, like, me and my wife, we've, we've, like, told each other like look we we got to be direct with each other exactly what we want because if we hide something it's gonna just like build up inside of us and it's gonna explode one day and yeah sure it's hard to hear 
you know, some of the stuff she tells me and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the same for her. Like, but we work at it. And like, at the end of the day, when we're sitting, eating dinner or something, and we're talking, we look at each other and we like laugh and we, we smile. And like, we, we know that like, we love each other and those things that were on our minds had to come out. Cause if it wasn't, it would have like came out way worse in a fight later. So we try our best, you know what I mean? We're not figuring, like we haven't figured it out. No, no couples figured it out, but it's just, you know, you, you try and, and you go and you try to, you know, make things work. Whereas these people are like, I need help. And I need a network show to help me figure it out. And also, Nicholas Shea from 98 Degrees, dude. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's like, dude, he had Jessica Simpson and he and he ruined it. Like, do you really want this guy? Oh, that's the main thing. Uh, the reason they're hosting this show, she said, my wife, is because they did that. They, like, spent time with other people. I, I don't know. But they did that, and then they came back and were like, oh, no, like, I love you because you have millions of dollars, and and I, lo- I love that part of you. <laughs> so, dude, I just think it's so wild that these shows are existing. Like, could you imagine in the 70s or the 80s whenever they had these these matchmaking games that it would be like this later they're just like they had three guys behind a a wall or three women whatever and then the guy or the woman would ask questions and then they would answer them and see if they would like if they were compatible you know i mean fuck even singled out that show that uh what's his name hosted uh god i can't think of his name Dude, he hosts. I mean, that show was pretty good because it, it like it had a bunch of likes and dislikes, and you would take off the the dislikes, and you'd see all the women leave, and then finally you're down to like three people. At least that was, I don't know, in some sort of way like more appropriate. But this is so out of pocket with like we're gonna set your boyfriend up and your girlfriend up with a new person, and if they like them, they can completely leave you. <laughs> empty-handed like dude don't you have a life back home aren't you guys like sharing a cactus or a dog or something like you're just gonna be like we went on this show we didn't it wasn't for us and now we have to come back and deal because dude like there's no way you can come back from that show even if like you fuck up and be like like you know like <laughs> they they come back home and the girl comes back home like two weeks later she's like yeah you know, I I don't know what I was thinking. I really love you. It's like, no, yeah, but you fucked that dude like 10 times by now. Like, how can we come back from this? You know, like this ruined our relationship. It's just so fucking backwards what they're doing now. They're like, you're going to take a vial of blood from your significant other and you'll stab it in these clones we have. If you love this clone, you can marry it. If not, we murder your spouse. It's like. I don't know where they can go from here. It's so fucking just out of this world with with how they're just trying to set people up. It's like, dude, it shouldn't be that fucking hard. You should just tell each other, like, hey, do you want to get married? No, I don't want to. Uh, damn, well, I do, and, you know, I'd really want that. Do you think you'll ever change? No. Okay, well, then I think it's time for us. Okay, cool. Well, I'll see you. It was great. And uh, nice knowing you. But it's not like that, right? P- some people's clothing got to get torn, it's on fire, sh- shoes cut. You know, his PlayStation 5 broken. Uh, cars get keyed. You know, phones get broken. And then that's love. <laughs> you know, that's love. It's like, wow, dude, she really loved you. She destroyed all the shit you worked really hard to buy. Yeah, no, dude, I miss her. <laughs> Fucking shit, man. Man, I was, uh, <laughs> this is a, a real quick thing. I I was uh, talking to my brother-in-law where I work. And, dude, I know on one of the episodes, because I remember these things because these things go through my mind all the time. Most of the stuff that I talk about is just like an uncontinuous loop. Where I said Fuel, Filter, and Bush are the same band, right? Those are three different bands, but they are essentially, to me, the same band. You could be, all day you could be like... No, Jerry, they have different hits, they got different albums. And and I'll go, no, sure, that's great, that's fine, but they're the same band. So I made this I made this mistake. Uh, I was talking to my brother-in-law, I was like, 
Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I, I brought. I saw this meme that said. At this point, I don't remember if it was Three Doors Down or Third Eye Blind that had a song uh, about doing meth or something. I don't know, and like and picking up and having sex with hookers. Uh, and and then he goes, "No, I don't. I don't think that was either of those bands." I was like, "Huh." I was like, yeah, but Three Doors Down had uh, had Jumper. <laughs> and he goes, what? I go, yeah, Three Doors Down. They, they did that popular song, Jumper. He goes, I think you're wrong about that. I go, dude, no, no way. They did. I said, they've done Kryptonite and they've done Jumper. And he goes, I think you need to check that. So I look it up and I go, Three Doors Down, Jumper on Google. And it gives me like that it was, or maybe my eyes saw like what I thought was it. And I just ran with it. But I went on Apple Music and I typed in Jumper and it says written by Third Eye Blind. Dude, I thought one was the other. I thought like they were this. I thought I didn't know. Man, this is so hard to explain. I thought Three Doors Down was Third Eye Blind and I thought Third Eye Blind was Three Doors Down. I thought they were essentially at the same time the same band. I thought Kryptonite was written by Third Eye Blind. But it's by three doors down. Now, is it my fault? No. Why? Because these guys use the number three in front of their names or third. Why do that? You know, there's not a blink 182 and then a blink 184. You know what I mean? Like, it's so close. It shouldn't be that. Like, now I got to look like an asshole in front of people when I go, no, dude, third eye blind wrote that. They're going to know three doors down. I was like, are you sure it wasn't, it wasn't three temple pilots or it wasn't, you know, some 43, you know, whatever the case is, like, why do the three, like, that's so, somebody should have caught that at the label, to be like, three doors down, welcome, welcome, um, look, we love the record, uh, we think it's gonna be a hit, listen, um, there's another band called Third Eye Blind, yeah, and so we're thinking maybe we change you guys to, like, I don't know, Stone Temple Pilots or 21 Pilots. That seems to be the popular thing. You know, something with pilots in it. Um, because it's fucking confusing to have the word three in any iteration of the of the way to be in front of the, you know, I think people are going to get confused. I mean, shit, there's a whole band called Gorillas out there. I don't think anybody's going to get those guys confused. Okay, I mean, if you're really stuck on the name, then we can, I guess, we'll keep it. You guys will be third, uh, three doors down. We'll just, but please, please don't make a song any similar to them. At least help us out. Nothing like Kryptonite, you know, in in future songs, please. Because, you know, JR will get these things confused, which I, which I do, and I did. And I don't feel dumb, dude. I don't feel dumb. It's not my fault. And I shouldn't feel dumb. It wasn't my fault, dude. Don't have the three... The third and the, th- th- you know, three. Just don't do it. <laughs> I felt like an idiot, though, dude. I was so sure that Three Doors Down wrote Jumper and Third Eye Blind did Kryptonite. But they're the same people, man. Like, they, they make that rock. You know, they, you know, just like, it's just that, like, the jaws locked, but they're singing through their teeth in a way. Like, I don't know. <laughs> But Third Eye Blind, I mean, they, they've got hits, obviously. They've got the hits. I'm not really not pressing those dudes at all. Man, I um, I saw that on Instagram. <clears throat> there was a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch of actors, like, going against method acting. And if you don't know what method acting is, it's, um... It's basically like when a when an actor gets signed on to do a role, say it's like a hockey player in the 80s, they will be so taken by the character that they're like I guess they would believe that they like living in the 80s. <laughs> and they would only do and eat and act like a hockey player would, you know, I'm assuming. I don't know how that would be, but for example, we all know Daniel Day Lu is a method actor. He gets really into the character, even so much so that like on set he never stops playing the character. So when they they yell cut, which is like, hey, 
stop doing what you're doing in a movie, which is fake, and then become who you are, Daniel Day-Lew goes, no, I'm going to be the same guy, like, for the whole movie, which, you know, for him, obviously people have, like, kind of made him the goat of of, of acting, right, because he gets so into the character that you, you like, damn, this is a real guy, that's why he doesn't do interviews, that's why, you know, he, he likes to keep that persona of himself as that character so when you see it you believe it and then he has that famous line where it's like uh (laughs) i drink your milkshake you know and i uh i uh i think like (laughs) i i had this funny thought where i was like they they pulled that line he's so method right he like he goes out and the funny thing is like he you can act method all you want but at the end of the day you're still in a movie set so I assume that one day he's like, they, they call Cut, he's in his trailer, he's leaving, there's this, you know, this food truck's come in and out of there sometimes for, you know, special end of the week tapings, and uh, the studio calls uh, on this milkshake food truck, and so, you know, he's done shooting, he's out of his clothing, and he, but he still has the accent, he's still like, oh, I am very hungry, I could I could eat a, uh, a mutton of, of food right now, like just a... Some some beef or steak, something sounds delicious, and so he gets out of his trailer and <laughs> they get they got like a PA just like, uh, Mister, you know, Mister Daylou, uh, and I, I say Daylou is Daniel Daylou is, but you know, follow me when I'm when I'm doing Daylou because this is what I do. If I met him, I d- disrespect him by just shortening his name more. Uh, Mister Daylou, uh, yeah, we're all done for the day. Um, they had me come over here because. Uh, well, look, the food truck, you know, the milkshake truck that came by was running low and well, I didn't get one and I know you didn't either. Um, so the director had me come over here and see if maybe, I don't know if you wanted this last one or if I could just, you know, keep it kind of been waiting all day. I haven't really eaten anything. Uh, I was just kind of hoping maybe I could, you know, I could just get a, I could just take this home for a treat. It'd be real nice, you know. I'm, I'm making almost dick on this movie. I'm making like a hundred bucks a day. Uh, I think you cleared like ten mil on this. I'm just hoping I could just enjoy this, and then you know, still in character. Obviously, he's gonna treat the character like the character is real. What would this character do? He would, he, and then the, that's where they got the famous line. Well, then I drink your milkshake. Snatches it out of his hand and proceeds to guzzle that shit out of a styrofoam cup, which didn't exist at the time he was playing, and they added it in the movie. Now, that's my interpretation of how that happened, because why else would that milkshake line be in there, right? Besides the fact that they were drinking milkshakes, whatever. I don't know, but, you know, I, I assume they're like, well, let's let's put in milkshakes. Now, that was a great line. The director heard that from, a, you know, or no, the, the, the guy came back and was like, well, uh, he wanted my milkshake. Well, well, what did he say? Well, I gave him the explanation, and all he really said was like, "I'll, I'll drink your milkshake." And he took it, and then he proceeded to guzzle it in front of me. The director's like, "That's, that's great. I needed a, I needed a line for this final scene. I need a memorable line, and I think it's perfect." <laughs> but no, dude, I think like the method acting is appreciated, but I'm pretty sure on set it's kind of. I bet you it's kind of like, okay, dude, like, fucking wrap it up. We all get it. Like, it's just a movie. It's a movie. You know? I know I'd be tired of that shit real quick. I like to keep doing a character, like, for fun. But I I know when to kill it because then I feel like, I feel like sometimes you'd be like, I I could feel people's vibe being like, oh, okay, is this guy going to keep doing this? You know? At least that's what I think. So, it, you know, you get like three, you do like three, uh, three lines of an impersonation before, you know, like, Okay, I should probably stop that. Or maybe I'm just bad at it, guys. (laughs) I don't know if you uh, have a movie that when it's on, you like stop and watch. And like, no matter if you were kind of doing something, you got to sit and watch it. There's like, there's not a lot of movies like that for me. But there is one in particular that kind of stands out. Which is this movie, Alpha Dog. Now, if you haven't heard of Alpha Dog, it's, I mean, I don't blame you. It was, it it got released in theaters, I think. 
but also it's kind of like a low key. It was like a low key movie to me, at least. I don't know. Maybe I remember. I'm remembering this wrong, and and it was actually a hit. But in this movie, Alpha Dog, right? It tells the story of a like a small time drug dealer uh, kidnaps a one of his clients' little brothers. Like this guy owes. In the movie, the guy's name is Johnny True Love, right? Just I guess. When they were coming up with the actor, the characters' names, they were just like, "Oh, Johnny True Love." Like, sounds like a Johnny Bravo type thing, but then they just went with like True Love. Anyways, in the movie, this this guy owes Johnny True Love a lot of not even a lot of money. It was like two thousand dollars. Not trying to sneeze at two thousand. That is a lot of money, depending on who you are, obviously. But in the scope of how how things unfolded, two thousand was not a lot for. For, for what happened, but, so, dude, and the, it has this actor that I know, I thought this guy, and again, he's, he's probably, I, I saw him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he, he had a small role in that, but this guy, Emil Hirsch, dude, this guy was in Speed Racer, he did The Girl Next Door, The Darkest Hour, he did, uh, Oh, Lords at Dogtown, I think that was like, and then he did this one movie that was almost kind of, I think, like, his most popular, like, last one was Into the Wild. And that one told the story of, uh, th- there's that story of that guy, I guess, who, like, sold all his shit and went into the woods just to live. And then they ended up fighting. I- I'm, like, I'm really, like, <laughs> digressing on this. But, like, um, oh, so it says, uh, after graduating from Emory University, top student and athlete Christopher Mc. Mc- Candless abandons his uh, possessions, give his entire $24,000 savings account to charity and hitchhikes to Alaska to live in the wilderness. Um, and so basically like, and that was like a real story based on that guy, which he did that. And <clears throat> this guy, Emil Hirsch, dude, like he was a, he was a great actor. I thought he was going to be one of those like DiCaprio, you know, style guys. He, he killed every film he was in man honestly in my, in my personal opinion so he's in this movie right he's playing johnny true love and do they also have with justin timberlake they have uh man that the young guy anton yelchin and he unfortunately in like real life passed away which sucks because he was a super good actor too it's got bruce willis uh the guy from what's it called uh Mad Men, vincent cat Keth, I don't know, Carthizer. <laughs> you can't even recognize him though. He has like long hair. I don't know. So the the cast goes on, right? And it's a it's a good it's a good cast. And the story goes because this <clears throat> the names were changed for this movie. And uh so yeah, Emil Hirsch plays Johnny True Love, Justin plays this guy Frankie uh Baldbatcher. <laughs> uh and then Anton plays Zach Mazursky. Oh, and the guy, what's his name, uh, plays his brother, where's his guy? Oh, man, he, he's been around forever. Oh, Ben Foster, dude. Ben Foster kills it in this movie. He plays a great psychopath, dude, like a psychopathic drug user. Ben Foster fucking kills it, in my personal opinion. He plays his brother, Jake Mazursky, right? So, uh, so Jake owes Johnny money. Johnny and and um, and Frankie see his brother Zach one day like walking on the side of the road. They abduct him, um, and they're gonna hold him for ransom essentially, so that uh, the older brother Mazursky can can pay the debt owed. Well, okay, they don't really think that shit through because obviously you just kidnapped somebody, right? And. As they're, like, holding him, they, like, the, the, you know, the, the character Johnny Trulov is trying to figure out what to do next. He's like, well, just tell his brother to pay the ransom we give his brother back. When it's like, well, no, you, you, just, you just committed a crime to also cover up another crime or, like, to fix a crime. So it's like, it didn't work out. Wasn't, wasn't the best plan of action. So then, as the story goes on, they're kind of budding with their kid, the, the kidnapper, uh, the kidnapped kid. Uh, the other Mazursky, the younger Mazursky kid, right? So they're buddying with him. Um, 
you know, giving them weed, letting them drink, they're taking them to parties, they're taking them to like anywhere they go, they're, they're really treating them like family. But as time goes on, they realize like, oh shit, like the family's concerned, they don't know where it's, uh, where the kid is. The older brother goes to the parents to be like, I think I know where he's at. And the, and the parents know that this guy's a fuck up. So they say like, bring him back, do anything you can to bring him back. And, um, and, and the parents kind of know that like, I think he tells them that like, I owe this guy money. I think he took, I think he took my brother or whatever. So the parents are pissed. So they kind of know like what's going on. So at this point, uh, Johnny Trula, I mean, I don't know why I'm giving them the whole synopsis, but I just love this story. So I got, I feel like I have to, if you, uh, if you haven't seen it and I should have given a spoiler in the beginning, but fuck it. Anyways, cause this happened in real life. Th- that's my rule, dude. You know what? That's my fucking rule from now on. If I'm telling you a movie based on a true story, it's not spoiling because you could look up the story and the movie's just a movie. So anyways, I'm not a spoiler of fiction. This is nonfiction. So get with it. Um, so eventually it comes down the line where Johnny True Love and Justin Timberlake's character, I forget what his name was already, uh, Frankie, there you go, uh, they're like, dude, this is kind of bad, we're, we, like, we're kidnappers, we're gonna go to jail, and so they're freaking out, thinking of a plan, Justin and this, uh, Frankie, you know, his character, who's played by Justin, is kind of like, hey man, let's just let him go, we give him some money, tell him to shut his mouth, and we'll just let him go. Well, you know, old Johnny True Love doesn't see it that way. He's thinking like, dude, he's going to rat. We're going to go to jail either way. So how do we solve this? We're going to kill the kid, right? Because if, you know, he can't say anything if he's dead. But also these guys aren't the type of guys to go through with a fully lit plan, obviously. So it's like they Johnny hires this guy who's a friend of them who's like would do anything for him, right? Basically like almost like a servant style, like guy like just willing to do whatever i know you've known these people right like they're just attached to this guy to a friend laughing at all his jokes doing anything he asks of them and you're like it's kind of sad but whatever this guy he get johnny true love gets this guy he's like hey take him up to the hills shoot him and bury him right so this whole time that you know the kid doesn't know what's gonna happen and it's just dude justin timberlake's like fucking you know acting that, that there's a scene where like it's so good, dude, because, like, they, everybody knows what the deal is now at this point. They're going to the hills. It's late at night. They have a shovel. They have rope. They have tape. He's like, why y'all bringing that? And then it just, it's one of those scenes, man, where it's so fucking real life. Like, it's not like in, in the movie or, like, in a horror film where, like, you just get slashed, gashed, and died, and then you're dead. Or, like, they fucking put a spear through your body and you get hung up in the ceiling or whatever. No, no, no. This is, like... It feels so fucking real. It feels like you're almost watching sort of like VHS footage of this shit. It's crazy. Like, you know, the kid's crying because he knows what's up. He knows the deal now. He knows that, like, he's fucked. Like, he's going to die. And and Justin and the other people, like, they all know. So Justin ties him up and he's crying as he's doing it. And, you know, they're they're both crying because he doesn't want to do it. And also the kid doesn't want to die, but they're kind of like talking through in this like dialogue of like, all right, man, like you're just going to do this and then we're going to get out of here. Like it's fucking sad, man. It's so crazy sad. And, uh, and then of course that guy knocks him out with the shovel, ends up shooting him and, and they bury him in a shallow grave that couldn't have been more than like, it was so not deep, dude. It's like they buried him. You could see a lump in the ground, like, then they put, like, sticks and leaves and shit to bury him, like, in real life. And, uh, and and it's crazy, because throughout the movie, as they're committing each crime, or, you know, as they're going through the movie committing this crime, which is, the you know, kidnapping him, they, they post, like, witnesses, like, the number of witnesses and the people who, uh, uh, and their names, and it's so crazy how they had, like, 35 witnesses to this crime, so it's like... Dude, you weren't getting away with this regardless. Like, you had... They were so not thinking anything through that, like, so many people testified against this case. Well, you know, you, you look up the real story, and it's exactly like that. It, it's, it is the real story. That's what happened. I mean, of course, some things in movies are kind of, like, 
you know, more, uh, I don't know the word is fantasticized, whatever. Like it's more, it's, it's more expanded, I guess, or they add shit that really didn't happen just to make a movie, you know? And dude, I don't know why, but this movie always, always sticks out to me because I kind of feel like, like this, like it was, this could have happened to me, you know? And not saying like I hung around with like any bad people. It was never like that. Like, you know, the neighborhood I grew truly grew up in wasn't great. I mean, there was, you know, there was gangs, there was like drug users, you know, but it wasn't too, too crazy. It was all like in, in, in small doses, this shit would happen, you know, like you'd hear gunfire, you know, some people would OD in the apartments across the street from us. Like it was just what it was. Decent neighborhood with like, you know, friends of the family and friends in the neighborhood. So it was all good, but like, you know, it, it just takes sort of, um, one person or one situation to kind of turn it into that. And that's what happened to those guys. Like, I can't tell you like the times where I've been somewhere with somebody and I've gotten that feeling of like, Oh man, I don't know this, this kind of feels sketch. I kind of want to get out of here. I don't know. Like, it, it just doesn't, something just doesn't seem right, so, and in those times, I would, like, the thing about Johnny True Love in that movie was, like, he was, like, not really a drug, like, he was a drug dealer, but he wasn't, like, a kingpin, you know, he wasn't, like, this big guy calling shots, doing all that stuff, he was just selling drugs, getting by, like, you know how many guys I've known that, like, just sold drugs kind of to get by, and, like, I've met, like, very, like, leveled tiers of them, it's just, like, the, the, you know, they got the, the the runners, the young guys starting off. Then you got like the mid level guys, and then you got the big dogs. I've met a lot of mid level, uh, like mid levels to like runners. You know, and I never got involved in like that because I was never like into heavy drugs like that or you know crazy to take you know to buy to take a huge amount of drugs and not pay for them or whatever. But I'm just saying, like in the situation of like getting caught up in some dumb shit like that it's it's almost very simple and the cool thing about this movie is all while this is happening like like as people as people around them are finding out that this kid is kidnapped they're like dude get the fuck out of here or like we gotta like there's so many logical people telling them like dude this is a bad idea and how they don't listen because you know, when you're in, when you're in that focus of like, I'm going to figure this out. I got a plan. I'll handle this, which is the Johnny true love character. Like you're not trying to hear what anybody is saying. Cause you think you got it all figured out and really you don't. And I've, and I've known a lot of these, not a lot. I, that's, that's a way too big of a statement, but I've known a few guys to where like, you couldn't tell them anything. If, if you had an idea, not an idea, but like, you know, there was just those people you could not get your point across to because they were gonna do it their own way anyways they knew better like dude i uh i knew this one guy right he was selling weed he was living in this apartment and uh and he's like a, I, I would categorize him as like a one of the foot guys you know part of the foot clan and he was i remember him dude like uh, he was he was walking around little little chest out you know what i'm saying he was a small skinny guy he was selling weed he felt fucking cool. He was always stoned, right? But and then he had like he was buying shit with his money. You could kind of tell he was a little flashy. And uh and then one day like I see him and he's like a different person. He's like if I could say like he was like Spicoli one day and then he's stone fucking sober, you know what I mean, the next. He just it looked like he got scared straight. No bullshit. So we, f- I find out that this guy, <laughs> he comes home uh, to his apartment and there's two guys waiting and knocking on his apartment door. He's, he's with his girl. And so he sees them and he fucking, he books it and runs, right? Because he knows that there's somebody ratted him out. Somebody set him up and found out that he lived there and they're ready to fucking execute this dude for sure. So... And that, that's all it took for him, dude. He fucking, he was like stone sober, not gonna, not gonna, he didn't even look like he wanted to smoke weed anymore. I'm pretty sure he did. But like, like, it's crazy how that shit can get so real. Like, I know a lot of the people think 
I feel like some people think like, oh, I'll just sell drugs, get some money and be done with it. But there's a whole like there's a whole other world in that, you know, and I think this guy definitely got a first class, a first class look at it to where like, oh, I'll just go work at a, at Academy. I don't know. Like, I'll just keep it simple. And and it's crazy, man, because, you know, the 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 arrogance to think that like just because you you sell a few things like like weed, coke, whatever you sell, like to think that you're anybody in this bigger game. And it's like, you know, uh, and what's funny was that in the, in the movie, Johnny True Love, his dad was like a big time shot caller. Right. And, um, he, he had came by who's played by Bruce Willis and he had came by to like figure it out, handle it. He got a lawyer, he got all this stuff. Like, but you know, they said like, Hey man, like you're going to do jail time. You have to do jail time. We'll pay the family to go easy on you. Uh, you know, and you'll, you'll do two years minimum. And that guy, Johnny Trulo was like, no fucking way. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not doing any jail time, but it's like, come on, dude. Like you did something, you did a crime and it's a pretty big one. You ha- you got to do time. Like that's obvious. Like I don't know what he was afraid of. See, that's the thing was like this guy acted so tough on the outside because he was hanging around dudes who like wouldn't press him. But the moment, you know, somebody like like jail would press this dude and he knew it like he knew he he didn't want to do jail like because he couldn't be the big dog in there. He wasn't going to be, dude. He was he looked tiny, he looked short. You know, I don't know if that actor is actually that short. Maybe he is whatever. But he was like he was a short looking guy and he. Like, he's shorter compared to everyone in the movie, essentially. But he, you know, he talked a big game or whatever. So, uh, as, it, as it goes, man, they they pretty much arrest everybody that was involved in the, that was involved in the, uh, in the murder, you know. But then, of course, you know, Johnny, Johnny True Love, whatever, the real, the real guy escaped somewhere to South America. They eventually caught him because, I mean, you can't. You know, you can't get away. The guy who actually killed him got the death penalty. I think uh, Justin Timberlake's character in real life uh, is already out. I think he did like 15 years. And that was like in the 90s that that happened, like 93 or something, 94. And then he he, he already got out. But uh, I think Johnny Trulo, they wanted to give him the death penalty too. I got I to gotta look that up. But, dude, that movie is so fucking good. I can just always watch it when it's on. And... Like, I, you know, like I'm saying, I'm not trying to even say that, like, anything like that would have happened to me, but I'm saying it could have happened in the sense of, like, where I lived and the guys I knew. I knew a lot of sketchy dudes, and, like, I just wouldn't go with them because, my like, dude, my vibe meter is, like, this one thing I'm so grateful for is, like, the vibe meter. I don't know if you got one, but it's super important, and if you do have one but you don't listen to it and you've, and you've been in some shit, you probably should listen to that thing more, but... Like, my vibe meter for people is so strong that, like, imagine it's, like, one of those gas dials, right? It's, like, there's three colors, right? You have green, yellow, red. And so it's, like, a little needle that's, when I meet somebody, if they're a, if the vibe is whatever it's called that is with them or a vibe, whatever, if it, and it's happened to me a couple times in life, if the meter hits red, I immediately just small talk with that person, cut it off, walk away. If it's yellow... Same thing, small talk, get to know them a little bit. Maybe they're not red or, you know, maybe they're green. But you'll find out with like, you know, or maybe they're yellow, but they're just completely harmless. And then, of course, you meet, <laughs> you'll get the greens. So like, oh, yeah, for sure. And there's been times where I've met like people on the red meter where I'm like, dude, fuck. And then you'll hear it later. They're like, oh, yeah, dude, they got arrested for breaking into a house and, you know, doing some shit. And it's like, fuck, man. Like, well, good thing I wasn't with them. See, the thing is, is like, I'm just saying if I was that dumb, I could have fallen into that shit. But, you know, luckily I've, I've got that vibe meter on lock and it, uh, it allows me to fucking, you know, separate where I should be versus where I shouldn't. And I don't know how I got that, but it's, it's, it's never led me wrong, um, when it comes to people like that. But dude, the movie is, uh, it's super good because it, it, and maybe I feel that way too because of how, of how real that movie is like it just feels like look I'm not saying it's like an Oscar worthy movie or anything like that but I'm just saying like 
the dialogue, the acting in it, how, how like, you know, it just feels so real life. It feels like you're kind of a fly on the wall for the whole, you know, situation that happened. Dude, one part I forgot to mention, which I think is super vital. They actually show the real life mother of the son at the end. And it, dude, when I first saw it, it sent like chills down my spine. And now that I see it, like I'm a parent now and like you, cause being a parent, I feel like just kind of opens your eyes a little bit to a lot of these things that involve kids or like, you know, so anyways, the scene where they show the actual mother in real life, giving her, you know, giving an interview style of losing her son to what happened it makes you just feel like fuck dude like you're like things can never be the same after that like she is so broken as a person that like she is just so lost broken like not the same because at one point she starts like laughing and then she starts crying during the laugh like it it's it's intense dude and it's I mean, that little added piece of that makes that movie, like, all the more, like, fuck, like, good and feel real because that little end detail was just so heavy. You're like, Jesus, man, like, th- that's why I think it's it's a very good movie to check out. And I don't know, maybe if you watch it, you'll kind of see, like, man, like, yeah, this is, I've, I've known people like this, I've seen people like this, and... Like, I've been around people like this. Or maybe you've even been, like, not in that, that situation of kidnapping, but maybe you found yourself around something where they were about to go do something, and you were like, oh, dude, I got to get the fuck out of here. I don't know. Check it out. Super good movie. Uh, and uh, I don't know, man. You might relate to it a lot more than you think. Well, enough about that, man. This is not a true crime podcast. Let's get that straight. But it was just a good movie. And every time it comes on, I got to watch it. But the real story, dude, I'm about to give you some breaking news right now. It happened, dude. They got me. I was trying to keep my barriers up for so long. Keeping, you know, my my shoulder and and my arm against the door. And then those four guys just busted in, dude, and just whispered in my ear, let it be. That's right, dude. The fucking Beatles, man. The Beatles got to me, dude. They got to me. They did it. Congratulations, Paul, George, Ringo. I think there's a Johnny in there. (laughs) I don't know, dude. Like, uh, they got to me, man. I was, look, I've said it for so long. I remember saying, and I'll, I'm not a, I'm not a hypocrite, not going back on my word. I have said, I don't get why people like the Beatles. I have said this numerous occasions and it, and it, I think first off a couple of things, I don't think I was young enough to like, not really appreciate them. I guess maybe there's some people who get into them early and they're just like, see, they get into them early, but I also believe they're, they're bullshitting. Because there's such a band that you, like, you're supposed to like that I feel like some people don't know how to like just say, like, oh, I don't really get this right now. So they lie and they say they like the Beatles. And they're just like, oh, my God, fucking Yellow Submarine's amazing. And it's like, yeah, but that's kind of an excuse, like a very obscure song to like. I don't know. I feel like they're bullshitting. And then eventually they grow to like them. But with me, it was always up front. It was like, no, I don't get it. It's not my music. It's just not, you know, whatever it is. But I truly believe now that, like, the Beatles have made it into a part of the life uh, where I am in my life currently. Like, these certain songs, these certain lyrics, I'm starting to think, like, man, like, I I wouldn't have appreciated this as a young kid. There was no way, and I didn't. I never listened to one song. And these, you know, I guess this particular point in my life, like, these certain songs. And let me just say, it's not even, like, deep cuts. I don't know a lot. This is just the hits, okay? Some of the hits, like Here Comes the Sun, Yesterday, you have, uh, what's the other one? I don't know. There's another song. Those are the hits, and that's fine. I- I'm I'm willing to say, like, I like the hits, okay? And for some reason, right now, this particular point in time in my life, those songs are speaking to me, dude. I'm really feeling the messages brought on 
brought on by those songs, you know? And I don't know, dude, they hit me like so much. I'll tell you this, dude, one of the songs hit me so hard (laughs) that I cried, dude. And I'll admit that to you right now. And it's like, fuck, man, why did I have to go in like that? You know, like, why did this one Beatles song get me like that? Like, I fucking cried to it. And it's like, God, like, I I hate to admit it, but it's so true in what it is because, like, the lyrics, the music itself, and obviously, I don't need to be the hundredth per, not even hundredth, like, hundred million person to be like, the Beatles are good, but I'm just saying, like, my experience, I never liked them, I never saw the point in them, I kind of, it's like that thing where, where people tell you, uh, oh, you got to watch The Wire. Oh, you got to watch Breaking Bad. What? You haven't seen The Office? I've seen two of those shows, and I like them a lot. But I would never force, like I have in the past, but now I'm trying better not to uh, not to do that to people, to be like, there's a show you're watching. You don't have to tell people they have to watch the show. I still may do it. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. But... I'm trying my best not to do that. And the same goes with the Beatles. It's like, yeah, <laughs> like they're a popular band, you know. And no, nobody needs to give you any help on, on, on figuring that out. But it's like that whole thing of like, you got to check them out. And I just never did. I never wanted to. They just were not my scene. It just wasn't where I was at. And of course, you know. It's super bad. Jonah Hill makes that reference. It's like, it's like the first time, like, looking at his eyes, it's like the first time I listened to the Beatles. And, dude, when I was listening to these songs, and I was like, you know, I'm hearing the Beatles for the first time, truly. And I'm pretty sure somebody would want that feeling back, because if a true fan probably, like, has listened to these songs a hundred times. But these songs in particular, dude, are just kind of speaking to me in some way. It's so weird to say, but it's true. And yeah, man, I just, uh, uh, I'm here, dude. They fucking, they broke the door down. They got to me. And my wife absolutely hates it. I'm telling her and she's like, no, like, come on. We were on that same team. And I was like, yeah, I agree with you, but I'm going through something like within myself that I just needed the Beatles to fucking help me and uh <laughs> god dude the, the the things that are coming out of my mouth right now but like I said I, I don't know the deep cuts I don't even know if I'll go that far I'm I'm not you know cut 2 years later I'm like uh, <laughs> this this podcast has turned has turned into like a whole like a Beatles strictly podcast like goddamn and no, dude, I've just been listening to the song so much that lately, man, you know, I've kind of been turning into the Beatles a little bit. All my all my talk has been... <clears throat> I'm sorry. Sorry, shit. See, it's happening, dude. Like, it, it's sort of... It's sort of uh, just kind of taking over on its own. And, you know, I seen that movie yesterday. And, and in that movie, that you know... Sorry. See, dude? Like, it just... I, I don't know what's going on. I think I'm, like, part of the Beatles. Whatever it is, dude. You know... They're they're getting through to me and it's tough, man. Like, like that movie yesterday, right? I saw that movie because I was like, oh, that's a kind of kind of a cool concept. And um, there's a part where he plays like a he's, he's gotten a, a new acoustic guitar and he plays it and he plays the song yesterday from the Beatles. And like, I'm not gonna shit you when I heard that. I was like, that's a fucking great song. Like, and I looked up the real version and it's like insanely good and and i mean I'll, I'll cut to the chase and tell you that's a fucking song i cried to because i was like jesus like i felt like joan lennon was just you know speaking through me really and man sorry i apologize about that but dude like it's you know liverpool has just entered me you know these four men have entered me <laughs> dude so <laughs> no man i don't know like obviously they make good music but i just i guess right now in in this particular point in my life the beatles have made sense to me but you know in these in the most um i guess with some of their popular songs what was that other song oh help that song is pretty good and blackbird that was the other one man and i was like really taken by that song too but i mean yesterday and um what is it? 
yesterday, and here comes the sun. Oh man, doesn't get any better. And uh, and I'll start talking about it before it gets annoying. But I just gotta say, like, I just want I don't want I want it to be clear in the sense of like. I know I talk a lot of shit on the pod because it's fun. It's fun just to talk shit about stuff. But it's, you know, my opinion can always change. I think I think that's the, the, the thing to keep in mind too, man, as you're, as you're listening. I think you, and obviously you know this if you're a person with any feelings at all. <laughs> you're a psychopath and this doesn't apply to you. But, like, as you get older, the things you might have thought were, like, not cool or not, like, you. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy how some of those things kind of break through, like, the changes that you're like, I'll never do this, and I'll never do that, and most of those things, you know, I think the, the Beatles being, like, the kind of last ones on my list, as far as, like, things I would never be into, or, you know, slowly and surely, you just, you kind of understand things a little bit more as you get older, uh, I mean, music being the number one thing, because I, I remember thinking, like, oh, and, like, uh, there's a Willie Nelson song that I really like, and I was like, damn, like, I never heard one Willie Nelson song. I heard this song playing on a show. I was like, I need that song. That sounds like the most peaceful, relaxing song I've ever heard. And it's Willie Nelson. And by the way, dude, Willie Nelson has put out an album, it seems like, every year since he's been in the music and, like, been in music. Shout out to that dude. That dude has more records, I think, than Gucci Mane or Currency. And that's saying something, man, because those motherfuckers put out so much music that, like, Dude, I, I don't even know. If you want to compare Gucci and Willie Nelson's discography, um, it's extensive, dude. It's a lot. So, uh, yeah, man, I just think that it's cool to kind of keep that open mind of when new things come your way that you never thought you'd be doing. I think it's okay. It's fine. Like, Because I know I would talk shit about the Beatles in the past for sure to people. And I think on an episode of this podcast... Because, you know, because the craze, man, the craze that these people do, it's like, okay, calm down. They're a great band. But I I kind of I get it now, like, as far as, like, what the lyrics do. Because it does not seem, dude, that these guys could have came up. These four guys came up with all these songs and they're that good. Like, I don't know, man. Kind of seems like they sold a little bit of the souls at least. Or, But you know what? Before I even knew really what the Beatles were about, a long time ago, there was this documentary on Netflix. This is when Netflix was like, this is early Netflix. This is like, uh, this is like probably year, I don't know when they started streaming, but like, is early years of the streaming. Dude, they had wild movies and documentaries on there. You're like, okay. And one of them, I remember a friend of ours told us, uh, dude, maybe it was Victor. I think my, I think my homie Victor told me about the, it was called, man, I don't know what the name of the documentary is called. Let me, if you give me a second to look it up, I'll, I'll do that. But basically the, the, the documentary had to deal with Paul McCartney, uh, apparently dying back in the day. And, uh, let me see. So it's called, I don't know, I'll have to look it up. I guess I would, I would have to look up like, uh, fake Paul documentary, maybe? Let's see. Uh, fake Paul McCartney, uh, documentary, okay, let's see, I don't know what it's called, uh, Paul really is dead, I think that's what it's called, and so in this, uh, yeah, Paul McCartney really is dead, the last testament of George Harrison, um, and so, like, in this documentary, dude, like, uh, you're hearing, like, George Harrison's recordings of, like, you know, oh, all the, uh, Paul McCartney died in a car crash back in London or something, 
but with fear that like hundreds of thousands of girls would commit suicide because that'd be the end of the Beatles. Because you know the Beatle craze is crazy. I'm assuming. I don't know. I didn't live back then. And so uh, they, as the story goes, they they got this one guy to uh, basically have surgery in the '60s to look like Paul McCartney. Um, and I say it like that because it's kind of like, I mean, did they really have plastic surgery down at that point to, to put a whole Paul McCartney together out of scratch, you know, from scratch. And so the, you know, the, the whole, the whole conspiracy goes that who, who you're seeing now in the Beatles is, isn't the real Paul McCartney. It's a, it's a guy they hired and who and they, uh, they did surgery to and, and all that stuff. And I remember watching it, dude, and being so captivated, being so like, this is true. This is they literally have a fake Paul McCartney. And the whole time after that, I mean, I was very, I was like 21 or 22, super young, maybe even younger. Um, just looking there and just being like, it's, it's true. This is true. This is what's real. Like there is a fake Paul McCartney and, uh, going forward from there, I, I just thought that the whole time about, about Paul McCartney. So, and, and then now it's kind of a little suspicious that like all the members died except him. He's like the only last living one. And sure, look, anyway, spin it. It's very possible that it's not true, right? But why come out with the documentary? Why, if it's, if it really is George Harrison, why would he find it, you know, very important for him to do that, to release all this information? And then there's like, uh, they, you know, George Harrison in quotes, I'll say, uh, kind of gives like, uh, I guess, like hints at like throughout the music, throughout the album, um, that, that Paul, like they were singling Paul out, like on the, I think it's on the Abbey Road album, all of, the, all of their, they're walking with all their uh, right legs forward and hit uh, Paul McCartney's his left uh, in the white album, I think he's the only red square, symboling that he is dead, uh, or that he was decapitated, like that, yeah, like that, his, the original, I guess, cover was, there were four squares, but, and then Paul McCartney's square was red, and with just the head, just like all of them, but there was, they were symbolizing him being decapitated, it, I don't know, look up the documentary, watch it, it's a good, I mean, even if it's for fun, like go watch it it's it's just kind of cool like it's kind of like a creepy cool where it's you know can this be real is is you know i mean when i was young i believed it so fully um but obviously now i'm just like who cares if it is the real or fake paul mccartney the the fact is they made the music they did the music i mean i still don't even believe these guys made the music it's so fucking good i'm i'm saying like it had to be a team of people or, you know, an alternate universe or something, because it's, I mean, I haven't had a song made me feel something since, I don't know, you know, Limp Biscuits Nookie, maybe? <laughs> Come on, that was an opportunity for me, dude, you know I had to say some dumb shit, uh, but, no, dude, like, their their music just feels so, it's like, I'm not saying that I'm I'm a special person for them breaking through to me. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm just saying is like for a, a song to do that to me it I mean it just it passed all the fucking emotional barriers that that I don't allow some music to get to to get through to me because sometimes people are like check out this band. I'm like, "Yeah, this is a this is a band creating music." Is sometimes what I say in my mind. I'm like, "Oh yeah, you show me this band? Good. They're a band." And they're creating music. Nothing special. Nothing great. Right? Okay, moving on. Then I hear all these... Oh, you need to check out the Beatles. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But then, no. But how about no? But then, like, you know... You you fall in love with the band. Or you get into some sort of music. When you just kind of, like... Find it on your own. And that's really what... You know... The Beatles (laughs) did for me. And God, I can't believe I talked so long about <laughs> my experience with the Beatles. But I got to say, dude, that shit was impactful. It got through to me. And uh, although my wife might still hate it, 
uh you know there'll be a time when she listens to it too and <laughs> it, it'll grab a hold of her because I'm, t- I'm telling you man i was i was so like nah i'm not gonna do it it's not gonna get through to me i know for a fact but it did man it's crazy so just always keep an open mind i guess i don't know but uh i'm gonna wrap up the pod right there it's been dude we're we're 48 deep i think at this point that's it's insane man it's crazy um i appreciate you listening oh and shout out i just saw you know i gotta shout out the countries baby austria what the hell you know not i i don't know how it works over there in europe but maybe you're part of you speak german right but you're not germany i appreciate you i know you guys had that whole history with germany you know uh one of your one of your one of the big guys was born in austria but uh we don't talk about that here right uh <laughs> no but uh shout out to austria less than one percent dude i'm doing i'm doing numbers in europe and across this world it's all less than one percent but you know i'm doing numbers so i appreciate the listens man and uh i will see you guys next week man later